welcome to The Abnormal Christian. This is Natasha Mason, and I'm here with my handsome husband, Brad Mason, That's there to stretch. the right. That is a stretch. He made me do this because he's a little under the weather, so <clears throat> he's sounding a little froggy today. Yeah, so my voice is not really uh, wanting to cooperate today, so it's a little more gravelly. Um, but thank you for that wonderful Sounds intro. Sounds like he's been smoking for 20 years. <laughs> that, was, that was really awesome. Um, so it was great. I love hearing you do that. that no, so that was terrible. So we're going to have to do that more often. Uh, I know. Switch it up a little bit. So you were you were probably expecting me to do that, and that was great. Um, so we're welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. Um, we're glad you're listening with us. We're glad you're here. Uh, excuse my voice. I've been dealing with some sinus trouble. Um, if you live in North Carolina or you're anywhere around North Carolina, or as I like to call it, North Florida, um, the winter for us is generally very warm up until January or February. And then the, um, the well, weather. It, it tries to be cold, and then <clears throat> for a day or two, it'll be in the 40s, and right. then it'll go back up to the 70s, and then back down to the 30s. Correct. And, and I usually get up, so every day I'm up by 4.30, I, I try to go to the gym to get some exercise, and I think I got up this morning, and it was 65 degrees, and I couldn't talk, and so I was like, what is going on? And my sinuses were clogged up, so I've, I've been jammed up for the last two days, and it seems like it's just kind of going downhill and getting worse, so I should be completely mute by Wednesday, which I'm sure she'll love. So quiet around the house. You could imagine I talk a lot. So uh, we are glad you're back. Um, the last episode we talked about um, does you know, God doesn't need us. God doesn't need me. Really, uh, I feel more passionate about that all the time, about um, what I bring to the Lord and what I give the Lord, what I offer up to the Lord and what I think the Lord wants from me and what he needs from me. And I don't think the Lord needs anything from me. I need everything from him. So this episode is going to focus on that part of it because we're coming out of the last episode where God doesn't need us. But this episode is going to be titled, My Dependence on God. Um, and because I want you to understand, I want to get into some of the verses. We have verses in scripture to go along with some of these. Um, but I circled one that I want you to start with, which was John. John 15, 5. Yes, I want you to read that one real quick for me, please. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Uh, so that's, I think that is a very awesome, clear verse. Um, when we talk about the fruits that are in John, we learn later on of the fruits of the Spirit, um, and that's exactly what they are. Uh, one of the things I've explained over and over again, time and time again, is that the fruits of the Spirit are the fruits that belong to the Spirit. The, they're not fruits of the flesh. They're not fruits of um, the believer. They're not even, they're not my fruits. There, there are no fruits that I produce. Um, they are the fruits of the Spirit. And this is why in this verse he says, if you abide in me and I in you, you will bring forth that fruit because that fruit is from the Spirit of God. It's not from the Spirit of Brad Mason. But the, one of the main keys in that verse is what he also says is that without me, what does he say there? For without me, you can do nothing. And that right there is the crux of this episode. For without me, you can do nothing. Um, and I think we really have to get to the point, because we see this all the time, right? Prosperity gospel, um, the new apostolic reformation, all these people preaching all these things that we can do, um, that they claim that we're going to do more. Um, we're going to do these things uh, and, and kind of apart from Jesus, apart from God, we're going to talk these things or we're going to command these things or we're going to pray these things into existence and pray these things to happening. Um, but Jesus is clear here. He says, you're not going to, you can't do anything without me. Um, and anything that we try to do, Solomon, I, I've got some verses from Solomon. Solomon wrote, uh, I think in, in Kings, 
Hezekiah. King Hezekiah said that Solomon had written 3,000 different proverbs and 1,005 different songs to the Lord. Um, We all know the story of Solomon. Solomon was asked he could have anything, and the two things he asked from God were for wisdom and knowledge. And he said, I need wisdom and knowledge to lead your people. And the Lord said, because you've asked this, I'm going to increase. I'm going to give you even more than that. So Solomon was very wise, and he had lots of uh, proverbs about the Lord and the Lord's leadership and the Lord's leading and us following. Uh, Can you find one? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Excellent. So this is another verse that goes along with that verse out of John. If we're trusting in the Lord with all our heart and we're not leaning unto our, leaning unto our own understandings, but in all our ways acknowledging him, he promises that he's going to direct our paths. And so many times I think we, and I know me especially, um, we try to direct our own path. We try to pick the way we want to go for the Lord. We pick the thing we want to give him, the thing we want to do, the thing that we feel like we're talented with. We say, Hey Lord, I've got this really good talent. Um, I'm an artist of some kind. I'm a good speaker. I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer. Lord, I've got this talent. I'm going to use it for you. And we get disappointed sometimes because we don't see the full effect. We're like, well, I don't understand why the Lord's not using me. Why isn't he using my uh, talent? Um, I want him to use it for, and to glorify him. I want him to have that. But it, may, it might not be the path that he's leading us on. It's where we've placed our own strength. We've put our own fleshly strength out there, a talent, a skill, something that we're naturally born with. And we put it out there and we say, well, I'm going to use this for the Lord. And maybe he says, I don't want that. Because he wants the lesser thing for me. What's the weakest thing about you? Maybe that's exactly what I want. Because that weak thing is the thing that's going to make me strongest. And, uh, you know, that's that. I think we, really, I don't know how to get across, but I want to get across that we have to have this utter dependency upon God and upon Jesus. And if we don't have that utter dependency in our life, um, we're never going to be the full fullest mature Christian that we possibly can be. And and I'm not saying we can't be a Christian, but we're not going to be that full mature Christian because the scripture talks about those who are still on the milk and those who are on the meat of the word, right? So the milk are those who are not mature. They're not growing. They're, they're just babes in the, in the, the body of Christ. And the crazy thing is, is they can stay babies as long as they want to really, because you don't have to get mature. You don't have to seek that maturity in the Lord. Um, but when you do, you realize that it's less of me and and you hear this in songs, it's less of me and more of you. It's less of who I am, God. And it's more of you living in me. Um, because I want God to replace everything about me. You know, I think we, we long for the day when we're free of this body of sin and we don't have to contend with that. And Thanks be to God, it's Christ Jesus who is going to do that in us. He's going to perfect us. He's going to get rid of this old body and get a new one, but we're going to be free of this sin. And that sin is really deeply rooted and tied to Brad when he was born in the flesh. When I was born as a baby, that sin was in this body. And um, and so we look forward, you know, we want the Lord to cleanse us and purify those things away from us so that we can continue to grow in that depth. But in my own strength, I can't do anything apart from God. And I have this utter need for him to rule my life. Um, I think Paul equates it to slavery in some senses. Um, He equates it to the bond servant. You know, um, there's different ideas that I belong to the Lord. I've been paid and bought with a price and I'm no longer my own. So I'm a servant of the Lord. And, uh, you know, under no circumstance, should there be any kind of thing where the servant is demanding that the, the master 
should do something for him. You need to do this for me because, because why I belong to you, you know. Uh, and people might find that idea offensive, but that's really the, the honest truth. We are, we belong to the Lord. Um, read me another one. Uh, Psalms seventy three twenty six. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. <clears throat> this is a great, so this, I was thinking about this today. This is King David talking, right? And David was in a really unique situation. Um, he was anointed. He was said to be, he was going to be the king, the boy king. He's, he's been anointed. And Saul knows about this. And Saul's jealous and he tries to kill him. And David runs away. And I think David is really, uh, if you look, step back and look at the scripture of Psalms, you look at the story of David before he's king. He's actually, you know, taken over the throne. Um, and you look at the anxiety and the fear that David had with Saul trying to kill him and with someone trying to do harm to him, um, it kind of flies in the face of everything we tell each other about God moving in our lives sometimes. Because here David is, and he's crying out to the Lord to save him from this stuff. And <clears throat> there's no, at many times, there's no supernatural hand coming in to deliver David. Now, a couple times there are, but here there's scripture where he's lamenting all these things. And then at the end of the day, after everything's fallen apart and David, you know, all these things are going bad and everything around him is, is not working out the way he, he has this feeling and he knows. And he says things like, uh, Psalms 121, one through two, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Well, I mean, right there. So here it is. And now, do you think that um, did God walk across the top of the mountains? Did he walk through the valley? Did he show himself to David? Did David see uh, the Lord physically? Did he see him? And, and that, that moved him to claim and proclaim this, that the Lord was his strength and, and his help, right? No, I don't think that's the case. David dealt with the same things we deal with, the same um, disappointment and the same uh, fear. And, and in, the, in, the, in that, he knew the truth. He knew the scriptures. The scripture, the Lord, the word says, "Hide thy word in my hide my word in your heart that I might not sin against thee." Right. So we're trying to hide that word in our heart. And why are we hiding the word of God in our heart? So that when we fall into these things and we fall into these uh, periods of our life where things aren't working right, we might not we might feel abandoned by the Lord. And I'm sure David felt that way. In many of his psalms, you read this, he feels abandoned at times, but then he always comes back around and he proclaims the goodness of God. And it's not like the Lord did anything supernatural at that moment, but David had a knowledge and a truth in him that said, I am utterly dependent upon the Lord and he is so good to me that I can proclaim his righteousness and his glory even in the darkest of times. Uh, so go ahead and get, we got another one. I got all kinds there. Psalms 127.1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman walketh, waketh, but in vain. Okay. So we got this with this idea that, it, I mean, really it's about building our house. You know, there's this idea of building your house on the sand and building your house on the rock. And uh, the rock being Christ Jesus is the foundation has to be laid for our knowledge and our wisdom and our hope and our strength and our peace have to be built on Jesus. And if it's not built on him and it's built on something else, it's going to fail. And here he even, David says this, this is uh, long before Jesus comes into the picture, but David even says this, that, that they could, the, you know, they could wake up to, it's going to be in vain. The watchers could wake up and, and what difference does it 
make. It's not going to matter if what you've done is not built on the word of the Lord. And it is, again, the utter dependency if what I'm doing is not utterly dependent upon God for it to prosper or for it to succeed or for it to maintain, then it is of, it's of no effect. It really doesn't even matter um, what is going on. If you're, if you're working in a church congregation, if you're a pastor of a church or a youth group or anything, if you're in a Christian music, music group and you're out here singing and um, you're not putting any, all of your um, faith, hope, and trust in everything that you do, if you're not putting your very ministry upon the rock of Jesus and upon the word of God, then you're doing it for your, if you're doing it for yourself, you're doing it for nothing, absolutely nothing. Because apart from Jesus and apart from God and apart from the Holy Spirit, you cannot do anything that will be successful for the kingdom of God. Now, he might use some word you had, but God will make those things happen. But we as ourselves don't, we don't do anything. We don't, we have no power in us. I think back uh, this week I saw um, a video from Coasty Hen. If you'd look him up, he's on Facebook, he's on YouTube. Um, he's actually started a podcast, and Coasty Hen was talking about Jesus and where Jesus said, greater works than me you will do, and how that a lot of people have misinterpreted that. And his question was, is could you raise a person from the dead more perfectly than Jesus did? And the answer is no. Could you heal anyone from a sickness? Any sickness? Can we, anyone, has anyone in the world cured sickness completely? Because Jesus cured people. If we're going to do greater things, we should be able to wipe out sickness completely. Has anybody done that? No, we haven't done that. Has anyone been able to go through the transfiguration? Jesus went through that. If we're doing greater things than him, shouldn't we be, you know, and his point was, that's not what Jesus is talking about. What he's talking about is the ministry and the word that Jesus was a regional, his, the word, the gospel was only regional to Jerusalem and to Judea and those areas, but that we would go into the whole world and preach the gospel. We would do greater things. We would take the gospel to the end of the earth. And that's what he's talking about. And so, but there's that utter dependence upon the word of God to make these things happen because in and of itself, I have no ability, Brad, you who are listening has no ability to do anything. We can't raise the dead unless God himself wants it to happen. We can't heal the sick unless God himself wants it to happen. We can't make a blind man see, a lame man walk. We can't make the deaf to hear. We can't do anything unless God himself wants it to happen. That is the utter dependence of who we are as Christians. And that's where it should be is upon the Lord and upon the father. Uh, Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. Interesting. So a man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Why do you think it has two different things there? What does the Bible say about a man's well, heart? I, well, for example, like you saying, and I think in, in your mind, you're, you're making up these plans and, and you're like, oh, I can do this and maybe this will work. That's you. But the Lord maybe puts things in front of you, opportunities. And he's like, oh, but what about this over here? And he may kind of guide you that way. Correct. That's very good. I really like that. I like the way you put that. I think it's fantastic. And I think you're right because I think the heart of a man or a woman, the heart of man here in the scriptures is generalized to everyone. Um, the heart is to be selfish, is to seek what, what I need and what I want. And even in serving the Lord, we can do that. We can say, well, I want to go over here and sing for these folks, but I don't want to sing for this group. I'm willing to go to the big church and sing for the large crowd, but 
I don't want to go to the nursing home and sing for the old people, right? So I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I'll do for you what I want to do for you. And so you're right. Here we are picking this thing that we want to do. And the Lord's like, no, I'm going to order your footsteps in a different way. Where you think you're going to be successful and useful, I'm going to use you the way that I want to use you. And so, you know, once we... Again, this is where we talked about prayer. When we pray, we put our, our minds and our lives in the, the uh, position to see God moving. That's what prayer does for us. It opens our eyes to his goodness. It opens our eyes to what he's doing. My prayer didn't really have any effect. I can't pray, you know, the rain to go away. But if the Lord moves the rain, then I see, well, the Lord had a plan all along. So this is what we're talking about. The utter dependence. I'm going to keep saying it too. The utter dependence upon the Lord. We need to have that. We need to find it. Um, in America right now, I mean, we've just come off of today is, uh, what is today? D December 30th. Mm -hmm. And we've had uh, yesterday, uh, the Sunday, there was a, an attack in New York. Um, at a rabbi's house, a man went in with a, a knife and a sword and was cutting and attacking people um, while they were doing, I guess, at a synagogue. They're doing whatever they were, the Jewish folks there. They were doing Hanukkah. Oh, yeah, Hanukkah party. That's what it was. They were having Hanukkah. And, uh, and then the same day in Texas, a man goes to a church with a shotgun, and he winds up killing two people before he himself is killed. And <clears throat> a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people are talking about you know, protections and guns and all these things. And that's even, to me, that's a side point. That is a side point. What you need to be seeing is that the persecution of religious people in uh, private places is escalating, is growing because... Well, I think you know, even just five years ago, I don't think we would have ever had thought to even think twice about feeling safe in a church or in a house of worship, whatever right. it might be. And then, you know, and that's the the thing beyond even what we're talking about here. We know Jesus is the way, truth, and the life, and, I, and, and that's always going to be the gospel, and I'm always going to preach that. But at the same time, and I've said this before, um, I am not a fan when someone, even a, an atheist or a lost person or someone of a false religion or a pagan god, and, and you know, when they, they uh, are tortured or murdered or killed or any of that stuff, I, I, I always think beyond the um, temporary. And I always think to the eternal that that person's life has ended today and now their eternity has began and it and it's an eternity that won't ever stop. And so when I look at it, I'm like, you know, everyone, honestly, of whatever religion you are, you really need to wake up because people are starting to get to the point where they don't want to tolerate anything. Now, the Christian side of that is we're probably going to... Honestly, we're going to get tolerated less than anybody. Um, if you look at the government, our government uh, has in certain, certain ways, persecuted the church, removed God, removed the Bible, removed God, in God we trust off of a lot of things and said, we don't want that on this and that. And we've really got to have this separation between church and state. But then they've allowed other things to come in. Um, Islam in the United States is growing and the government has been happy to let that roll along. And they've not, you know, they've not done anything um, to squash anything um, except for Christianity. Um, most other denominations or, or religions around the world uh, haven't had to face it. We saw last week, we were talking about this the other day in Nigeria. Um, on Christmas Day in Nigeria, there were 11 men who were killed by ISIS because they were Christians. Um, 10 of them were beheaded and one of them was shot. And uh, 11 Christians died in Nigeria um, 
for the gospel of Jesus. I mean, it's just, we got to wake up at some point. We're going to have to wake up and face these realities that this is the world that we may not be living in a world that is completely covered by this, but this is coming. It is coming and is going to grow. Um, the persecution of the body of Christ will be a thing. Cause if you read the book of revelation, it's in there, um, about the persecution of the body. So we got to be prepared for that. And if we're not utterly dependent upon Jesus for everything, um, we could be really caught off guard by some of the things that, that are going to crop up. Give me another one. Isaiah forty-one thirteen. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. All right, so there's a great one. Um, you know, we, we get in these moments, uh, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, scripture says that. And we get in these moments where we face these things. And we could always, you know, um, through our own strengths, want to be brave and bold and think we're going to stand up to this or we're going to stand up to that and we're going to do it on our own. Um, and the reality is we don't have to do it on our own. We'll let the world do it. The world is doing it on their own. People in the world are doing everything on their own. They have to live with their own guilt. They have to live with their own shame. They have to make their own decisions and their choices. And, um, you know, it's, it's beautiful that the Lord would hold our hand and he's going to stand with us and he's going to lead us and guide us like a father would take the hand of his child and bring them along, you know? And, and it's generally, you think about it when you're walking down the street and you have your kid. We've got a four-year-old and we hold her hand and we will lead her down the street and we're keeping her from walking into the road and we're keeping her from falling off the, the curb and we're keeping her away from the street in case a car were to come at us. Um, we're keeping her away from other people if someone were to try to snatch her. There's all these things that we as a parent are doing for our child to watch out for them. Because a lot of times she's not aware. Yes, he's absolutely walking around in space, <laughs> singing some song, you know, and she's just having a good old time. And God the Father, um, in his love and his mercy, does the same thing for us. We might even think we're the smartest person in the world. Um, but in comparison to the Lord Almighty, we're we're just children and we don't really, you know, we don't see everything. And so the Lord's saying here, hey, I'm going to hold on to you and I'm going to lead you and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to guide you. And, you know, we go through that. We, we're dealing with that today. I mean, we have things that we don't know how we're going to deal with it or, or maybe we don't understand why. Why do these things happen? I don't get it. I'm really upset. I'm really frustrated. And, um, and the Lord has us by the hand and he's leading us. And we might, you know, there's times too, when you lead your kid, right. And they don't want to go. You're like, you're going to take them to the doctor or the dentist or something. They might pull your, and they try to pull away and they're like, no, I don't want to go. No, leave me alone. And so they're pulling. Right. And, um, but you know, what's best for them is to take them and to lead them there. And so at times we're that same way with the father, when we're walking with him, there are things that are uncomfortable for us. And there's things that are difficult for us. You take them to the doctor and you know that it's the best thing for them, even though it's going to cause them some pain. Yeah, They're going to hurt. That's right. It's got to happen. And so here we are. God's doing the same thing. We're pulling. Sometimes we pull away. No, Lord, I don't want that to happen. Um, no, Lord, that shouldn't happen in my life. I don't understand, you know. Um, and the Lord says, no, you need to come with me. I know what's best. I'm going to take you that way. I'm going to be with you and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to guide you, but you have to put your utter dependence on me. Trust me, lean on me, believe in me. This is what Jesus has been saying the whole time in the new Testament. So when you read it, he's saying, trust me, believe me and lean on me. I'm the way, the truth and the life. And he's saying, I've got all the things you ever need. You're not going to be hungry spiritually. You're not going to be thirsty spiritually. You're going to have life everlasting. You're going to have these rivers of joy that come up out of you. And all you have to do is take my hand 
and follow with me and let me lead you where I want you to go. And, uh, and it leads us down that path. I think uh, there's yeah, one on here. One, yep. last verse. So I've got one last verse that I put on here because I really wanted to close out with this. Give us that one. Psalms eighty nineteen. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Amen. So even in Psalms, he's saying, turn your face, Lord. You know, Lord of hosts, turn that face and we'll be saved. And, and, you know, it's, it's that idea that we, we need the Lord, you know, we need the Lord. It's not the other way around. He's not dependent upon us for anything. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our time. He doesn't need the clothes we have. He doesn't need popularity and fame. He doesn't need me to be the uh, greatest preacher in the world and have a mega church. And, uh, you know, all, he doesn't need any of that. Um, he needs that time with me. Uh, what he wants, I'm sorry, what he wants from me is that time. He desires to have that relationship with me to where he is my father and I'm his son and I'm a child of God. And uh, he can lead me and mold me and make me into what he wants me to be. And uh, for me, that is got to be the most, you know, there are times in my life where I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Um, and I, But I've got a father that I can go to. And I can say, Lord, lead me because I can't see, I can't see a way. And uh, where there is no way, the Lord makes a way. So uh, that's the main topic we wanted to discuss this this episode, really follow up after the last one, is that uh, we need to find our utter dependence on God. He's promised so many wonderful things in his word. Go back and read through Proverbs, read some Psalms. You can find these things online. Um, there are, you know, there are, if you Google the promises of God, there's going to be like 50 verses that pop up. They say 50 verses for the promises of God. And it can encourage you. It's verse after verse after verse, but you soak it in and you let God talk to you that way. Let him tell you all the things that he will do for you and how he wants to uh, rule in your life and how all we have to do is submit ourselves to him and uh, and find that need, that the desire that we have for him. Um, we hope you'll catch us again next time. Hopefully my voice will be back and I won't sound like I've been and ran over. Um, but anyway, tomorrow we're going to be getting back to the study of Acts chapter seven. We're going to finish off chapter seven and probably do chapter eight. So we'll have uh, the end of chapter seven into chapter eight. We uh, thank you for listening. We hope uh, you will listen again, like, share, catch us at the abnormal Christian at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, iTunes, yes. If you're wanting to hear the podcast, if you're hearing this and you're struggling to get it off of Podbean, we definitely encourage you to find a, a, a good source. To, uh, you know, iTunes is good. Easy Google access. Play is good. Um, Spreaker. I mean, there's all kinds of different areas to get your podcast. Um, but we hope, uh, you know, we want it to be as easy as we can for everybody. All right. Outside of that, we will talk.